It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. It is currently 9:45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, March 29th, 2021. I'm your host, John Sock. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. I'm pretty good, man. You know, the Elite Eight, getting the dancing going. Excited to watch my man, Dejan Giroux and Houston going into the Final Four. So it's I been a good day of basketball. So are you going to advocate for him to go in the lottery or not? I'm going to have to finish my board, my top 14, before I can really say that. But I'll tell you what, if anyone has a late pick and is looking for a backup guard or someone who's going to bring intensity to your locker room and your facility 24-7, pick Dejan Giroux. It's going to be such a draft. There are so many good guys in this draft. And I'm like, well, you're really good, but you're only going to be a backup guard. <laughs> and that's, that's, I don't know, that's a weird... Uh, Weird thing to look, that's going to be happening in this draft. I think there's an, ex, an abundance of backup guards or mm. like mid to low end starter guards that, of course, have the potential to become high level starting guards. But where you're looking at them and you're like, well, unless they take that jump to being a superstar who can hold the ball or a star level player who takes the ball every play, that's yeah. probably the, the bench or the high end. I think there's a lot of those guys. And I think there are still a lot of them in the tournament. I love Johnny mm. Juzang, by the way. He's awesome. Oof. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out Marcus Zagorowski while we're shouting out players. Big ups, shout Marcus. Shout out Marcus. That, he was the only guy <laughs> who showed up to play for Creighton. Oh my God. What, he did looked... he average like 30 for that? Yeah, we put up like 20, 20, and 19, like three games in a row. Like, dude, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> I it was it was it was fun to watch. I miss playing with that guy so much and watching him go off like that brought up some good memories. He might Today's be leading up... the tournament. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you I was going to say, he might be leading the tournament in three-point percentage right now, the way he was shooting that pill. Dude, he shot 62% for the six games leading up to the uh, to the Sweet 16. 62% yeah. from three. And it wasn't like he was shooting one a game. Like, <laughs> I think he shot like four for five or something like that in the elite. I'd have to get his stats for the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. He still shot good that game. He shot something ridiculous. Yeah. He Big ups, Marcus, man. Big ups, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, today's episode should be fun. We decided not to do a trade deadline episode immediately following the trade deadline. No emergency episodes or anything like that. Because at this point, so much of the trade deadline is also the buyout market. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that a little more when we get to the Boston Celtics. Because, of course, we're going to talk about the Boston Celtics because I love talking about the Boston Celtics. Because I love, I love, love, love dumping on the Boston Celtics. <laughs> now, usually when I do these type of things, I, I write it up. It's a write-up for me. And I put it on whatever wherever I'm writing and I'll go through every trade individually one at a time today we're going to do it by team Mm. team by team we'll see how that goes I like it a lot more from the podcast experience and I like it a lot more in terms of actually understanding how a team did because something I was thinking of about oh I write what when I would do one-on-one trades a team could lose one trade and absolutely dominate another trade but in the end of the day you still send out the same amount of assets and got the same amount of players back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you overpay for one guy, but you underpay for another, you're kind of just paying for both of the guys. So I think it's more important to look at teams and their moves in a whole in a whole spectrum, and the entirety of all the moves, instead of breaking it up into move by move. My yeah. thoughts. My thoughts. 
I think I agree too. I love going through the trade deadline with teams just because I think for me, the trade deadline is so important and so impactful for a lot of teams that are making a run for the playoffs or trying to put themselves from that, you know, like on the verge to really contending teams. So I think going through a team by team, you know, you break down how this team is improving or how they're retooling. It's really how to go about going through this trade deadline stuff and how I love watching all the moves go down. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. So I want to start this off. We're going to talk about buyouts first. Weird. Mm -hmm. I know, right? But a bunch of small market GMs complained to Howard Beck. Quote, I've been reading a lot of Howard Beck articles because I'm doing a, a, a project on Tim Donaghy and uh, the ref, ref mm -hmm. the point fixing scandal. We might do yeah. an episode on that, actually, because like I have so much research at this point. It would take me like 30 minutes to write one. <laughs> so I've been reading a lot of Howard Beck. He did a lot of stories on it, but now he did a story about how all the small market GMs are complaining about how there's big market bias or whatever because of buyouts. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and deny it entirely. I'm not going to sit there and say, that's completely ridiculous, but let's take a second and look at the facts. Mm -hmm. The team that's Bobby Marks. He says it all. He's one of my favorite analyst guys. Easily one of my favorites. He's pointed this out a few times now. Milwaukee signed the most buyout guys since like 2015. And yeah. Marks doesn't, doesn't, Marks hasn't said this, but something that I've gathered from his tweets and from my own knowledge and recounting is that if LeBron was a franchise, he'd also be really close to the top. It's not about joining a contender. It's not about these guys trying to, I mean, it's not about joining a big market team for these guys. LeBron was in Cleveland for most of this, most of the time since 2015 or no, mm -hmm. not really, whatever. Um, LeBron was in Cleveland for a good chunk of that time. And Milwaukee is in Milwaukee. <laughs> Stays it's, being in Milwaukee. It's, it's not, it's, it's <laughs> not about big markets. It's about competing for a championship or playoffs or whatever, being able to go on a playoff run where you'll be on national TV. Mm -hmm. And it's about being in a good culture where you know you'll have some support be able to integrate really quickly mm -hmm. and of course it's opportunity a opportunity for a lot of them too if not all of them honestly a lot of them it's just i'm ready to get a ring i'm probably not going to make much more than the minimum find somewhere where i might get have a role in that ring yeah but it's, and i mean it's, it's never it, it, how about this have any of the buyout guys signed with the new york knicks I'm pretty sure the Knicks were ready to offer Andre Drummond 15 million a year, and he still signed with the Lakers. Yeah, they definitely weren't going to offer him the full 15. Let's be honest. Uh, but there was a rumor about that. Uh, I'm not going to call out the source, but um, <laughs> Chaz, the moment I say that, Chaz knows exactly who the source is, <laughs> um, and I find that hilarious. So yeah, I'm not going to call out the source on that one, but I don't think that the Knicks were actually going to go off for 15, but I, I imagine the Knicks would have offered five. Uh, the Nets could have offered mm -hmm. up to five and a half. They didn't offer anyone the five and a half. It's weird. Yeah. Just saying, no. like, like the, these free agents don't necessarily just go to big market teams every single time there's an availability, you know? Yeah, no, I think a lot of it is really just where you feel like you can go compete and try to be an impactful player. And for a lot of the guys on the bio market who necessarily haven't won a ring, I wouldn't necessarily call it ring chasing. It's more just where can I go to still remain competitive in my old age and, and be able to contribute to a good team? Because at the end of the day, that's what they're here to play basketball. They love the game. And 
that's what you're going to do. You have the most fun when you're winning and when you're competing on a team where you're having a good time, where you think that everyone is playing with the right goals and the right mindset and the organization is going in the right direction. So mm. I think that's what, if small market teams are, are worried about the bias, I think they should just focus on trying to build the culture throughout their own team and attract guys to come to them instead of starting to complain that so other guys have other pull. So basically Chaz is saying, just get better. <laughs> Get good, kid. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, now that we have mm. our little complaining out, our little complaining about complaining out of the way, I want to do a quick recap of the buyout guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, I started the other way. I'm going to start with this other guy instead first. First guy I want to talk about is Gorgie Jang because he signed with the San Antonio Spurs. Big market, my bum. It's... <laughs> I, I love the Gorgie Jang signing. I cannot believe that the Clippers and Celtics let Gorgie Jang go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. He has been absolutely balling this season. He, if, if it wasn't for the Grizzlies' logjam of positional talent, he would probably be starting right now for them. And he'd be a good mm -hmm. starter too for them also. He was a good starter when he was playing for them as the starter. He's just balling. He's good, yeah. big, big defensive guy. He can almost switch a little bit. He can shoot inside. He can play outside. He still has mental lapses. That's where he struggles. Mm -hmm. But the dude can flat out play. And uh, if I'm in the East and I'm worried about Joel Embiid because I am the Boston Celtics and I just traded away Daniel Tice and I'm relying on Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson, Gorgie Chang would be high up on getting someone to come and uh, defend Joel Embiid for me. Mm. That's for maybe this, even Giannis. <laughs> maybe even Giannis. I don't know that he could do Giannis. It, it it's more just to have a big body to throw at Joel Embiid for being Giannis. <laughs> more more teams. I think we're gonna see that next season, this off season. A lot of teams in the East are just gonna start signing these big bodied guys like Gorky mm -hmm. Jang. Maybe even Andre Drummond gets a fat contract. I I just yeah. to be like we need someone to guard. We need someone to guard Joel Embiid. And I mean I. Apparently, Joel Embiid always goes off on Andre Drummond. I'd need to check the stats on that. I meant to do it before mm. the episode. Didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. I was really busy with my essays. So maybe not Andre Drummond, but Gorgie Jang, just a big body that would be really good mm -hmm. for helping to slow down Joel Embiid. And now he's on the Spurs. I like that. He's going to get a good opportunity to play in some good minutes, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Good for Gorgie. Love that guy. Yeah. Next bio. The bio guys that I did want to start on, though, because everyone wants to talk about them. LaMarcus Aldridge, who signed with the Brooklyn Nets, giving them their sixth option at the center position. Andre Drummond signed with the Los Angeles Lakers to give them six players that are not injured. <laughs> A joke. I wanted to talk about these two guys together because I think their situations are so similar. Both Aldridge and Drummond have had better playing days and looked completely unplayable at the times this season. They're hoping to fit in better next to some superstars. Their value will be incredibly dependent on how they fit in or fit out of the current situations and the way that and the situations that their coaches put them in and are hoping that being next to one of the best playmakers in the league would make a serious difference for them. Mm -hmm. Was that pretty fun? I, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm like, come on. It's I, I love it. Um, for, for me, freaking just... out about these two signings and the Blake Griffin signing, but Blake Griffin said it the best. Mm -hmm. Just two weeks ago, we called them completely washed and unplayable and then their team stopped playing them. And I think that this looks so much worse for LaMarcus Aldridge, I want to say, than Drummond and Griffin. Because Drummond and Griffin were on teams that were absolutely horrible. And it was like, hey, mm -hmm. buddy, take a little break. We'll find you somewhere to play. LaMarcus Aldridge was on a playoff team. Yeah. And he couldn't crack the rotation. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know who their backup center was when it wasn't behind Jakob Pertle. Um, yeah, I believe Chad- it, it could be Lucas Shamanich. Is he a backup? I don't even know what he... I, I, <laughs> um, just to say, LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> got cut. LaMarcus Aldridge got benched and cut because he wasn't good enough. And now people are telling me... For one, people are telling me that he should be starting starting over Blake Griffin. And then people are telling me he should be starting over Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown! That's Nepsack's finest. Nepsack's finest. Bruce Brown is a starting center for the Brooklyn Nets. Don't even start with me. No, um, it's still. I think it's. I, I think people are getting a little carried away, mm-hmm. um, regarding the buyout guys for um, for the Nets, more so than Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's kind of a different situation. I want to talk about it in a second. But for the Nets, let's take a second and think. Their six best players are still their big three. Joe Harris, Jeff Green, and Bruce Brown. Blake Griffin might be able to make a case to break in. Lamar, they might be able to make cases to break in. But -hmm. until we see something, and Blake Griffin had something the other day. He had like 15 points in 14 minutes or something like that. Blake Griffin might have something. Blake's hoping. I'm going to need to see something from LaMarcus before I go, yeah, he's better than the top six. It's still the same top six in my eyes. And Nick Claxton has been balling out too. There's a serious competition for center minutes. At the Brooklyn Nets, I don't know why they brought in the Marcus Aldridge. I just don't know why. Honestly, it it doesn't necessarily fit a need of theirs. It's more just I think an assembly of talent on a roster like that at a certain point. Dude, it's never bad to get somebody so that he doesn't have to play against you. You know? Agreed. It, it's he's a talented guy. I think he still has enough of in him to give you eight to ten to twelve good minutes. Go out there, score 12 points, hit some middies, maybe stay and be a big body, take a couple fouls, and then come sit down, big fella, and let Kevin Durant go to work. You know, like it's it's something where I think they're gonna be able to give him the minutes that he wants and the matchups that he likes enough so he can be effective the same way Blake's been great for them. And the more looks, the better. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I I yeah, I don't know. I just think that they should have been saving that roster spot for someone else, but I don't know if anyone else is getting bought out. I mean, we have another Mm-hmm. Uh, I think two days from right now until the, I'm pretty sure that the, um, the buyout deadline is, uh, April 1st this year, at which point, if you are still on a roster and you get waived, you won't be able to sign with another roster for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll have two more days to see if guys like Otto Porter, Rodney hood, other wing yeah. options show up. I mean, Rodney hood played the other night. If I remember right, I think I saw him in a Raptors Jersey. So I don't imagine he's getting bought out. Otto Porter played for the Magic, too. Did he? I imagine he's not getting bought out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real. I have been madnessing. I've been mostly madnessing recently. I'll be honest. Otto Porter. Watch, I've not been able to watch 100 basketball games at once. I've been madnessing and focusing. I've had a little lot on my plate. But I've, I have mm-hmm. been watching. Don't get me twisted. Yeah. I have not been able to watch every game of the night like I try to do usually. It's okay. Otto Porter hit a three straight out the back rim that would have sent his team to OT the other day. They were down three, hit buzzer beater off the back rim. That's so rough. Yeah. That is so rough. Poor Otto. First game on the new team. Could have That's, been a hero. I I, I, I mean, I, I think he's more of a hero for missing it to the Orlando Magic. We're going to be honest. We'll get to them. We'll get to them a little later. Uh, we're, we're mm-hmm. the, last, the last buyout name I want to talk about is Jeff Teague, who apparently everyone <laughs> got the rumors wrong. Everyone thought it was Austin Rivers that was going to sign with the Bucks, but it was Jeff Teague. Whoa. 
Um, Jeff Teague signed with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about this. I'm oh okay okay. Jeff Teague All Star under Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> I've gone in and on and about how much I hate that All Star selection. It's fine. He still was mm-hmm. a good player. Maybe he finds his mojo again. Maybe he continues to be one of the worst rotation guards in the league. We'll have to see. I maybe it's just a matter of getting another chef in the kitchen for them. Maybe it's a matter about getting another good basketball mind. I also mm-hmm. think that you know players play better when there's like in a situation like that where it's like oh well everything's pretty defined around Giannis versus the Celtics where it was like yeah we need you to be the man we need you to be the man playmaker and Kemba Walker's yeah. out and now you need to start and now you're like also competing with this rookie and everything is kind of weird and washy and no one really knows what's happening because there's COVID and everything versus mm-hmm. I imagine he's going to show up in the uh show up at, at Milwaukee and they're going to be like, hi, Giannis is on the court. Pass to Giannis. Get out of the way. Hit some threes. Do what you can. Don't overwork. Yeah. That, that'll be a lot easier for him, I'm imagining. And I'm hoping he kind of flourishes with that because his I, – I, I like Jeff Teague, you know? He seems like a mm-hmm. nice dude every time I hear anything about him. I like Jeff Teague. And I think he he has a little bit of defensive potential too. Obviously, Boone Holzer, like you said, with that Atlanta Hawks team. And him and Drew Holiday is not necessarily the worst defensive backcourt. If Jeff, he can bring some of his mobility back, move his lateral quickness around, he can stay in front of some guys. You go against some yeah. smaller lineups, some shooting lineups. It's it's not a terrible, terrible backcourt to be running. I, I will say I just did not like the – how about this? The Bucks trade deadline echoed to me how much I don't – how much I I I, mm-hmm. I don't like going against management because I'm trying to get a job. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I, I'm really trying hard to get a job, so I, I try not to to get on management. But the PJ Tucker deal, from what I heard, was just to get rid of the DJ Augustine deal. Mm. And I get that, but I called it at the start of the, I called it during the off season. That's way overpay for for DJ Augustine. But whatever, you got rid of him and you actually got PJ Tucker. His contract was kind of an asset in that situation. Mm-hmm. And all it took was switching around first round picks. Totally easy. That's awesome. That's great. That's, I think it actually frees up. I think there's some math that frees up stuff. It's awesome. It's great. Um, <laughs> they dealt Tory Craig for nothing. Yeah, that was, and then he closed the game for the Phoenix suns. Was it the next day? Yeah. Using him as big a, minutes for the suns, using him as a four five type the same way that I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's what you should be using him as. And then they didn't. And I'm not, I'm not I'm not dishing on management for that. I don't think that's on management. That's not on management. I mean, if you're yeah. management, you're like Budenholzer won't get this guy's butt off the seat. Let's get rid of him. Do him a favor. Do his agent a favor. But mm-hmm. did I not say that they should be using him as a small ball five hybrid post type, and uh, next to Giannis who does the same thing because that's mm-hmm. a thing that works really well in the NBA right now. And then the Phoenix Suns did it just the other night. And they got him for cash. They yeah. got him for cash. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? I. <laughs> and PJ Tucker is going to play the same role that Tory Craig was supposed to be doing. Like, <laughs> but will he though? That's the thing. I. I that's what I'm going to be interested to see if he plays that role, and if it was Mike Budenholzer not trusting him, or if Mike Budenholzer just doesn't use that role. Doesn't believe in that style of offense. Doesn't believe in that style of I mean, I hope he does. I don't know how you I don't know how you look at every other team in the NBA and don't. Like I Mike Budenholzer is a smart guy. Okay? I we we have done mm-hmm. some Budenholzer slander on this podcast. We've done lots of Budenholzer slander on this podcast. 
we probably have not given him. We definitely do not give him enough. Hey, multiple time coach podcast. of the year. Multiple time mm. coach. We do not give the multiple time coach of the year <laughs> enough respect. Um, I suck. Um, <laughs> we do not give him enough respect. That's not fair. But I will have you guys know that it's just it's just about how it is to talk on the air. We do respect Mike Budenholzer as a coach and know that he's good and know mm-hmm. that he's actually good at his. He is actually a really smart basketball mind, obviously. But sometimes it's hard to adjust. <laughs> There's an adjustment that needs to happen, Mike Budenholzer, and that adjustment was Tory Craig. He showed up. Tory Craig showed up in your lap on a minimum mm-hmm. contract, and I was like, dude, someone needs to get this guy and just use him like this. And then the, the Phoenix Suns go into it. So shout out Monty Williams. Shout John out Jones Williams, running shout the good go roster down there. James Jones is. I want you guys, the listeners, I literally was telling Chaz beforehand, I forgot to write notes about the Bucks, and I wanted to talk about their trade deadline. And I, that was completely off the top of my head. I was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember it. The other <laughs> thing that I pissed, that really frustrated me for the Milwaukee Bucks is uh, how many first-round picks did it sound like it was going to take to get Kyle Lowry? Am I a broken record yet? Am I a broken record yet? Am I a broken record yet? I will admit getting a different situation. Mm-hmm. More, I'm just, I can't believe that they are, that they've lost all of their assets in this Drew Holiday trade. I, it's still, it, it, it still behooves what, me. One of the main things that I'll, that always brings it back to me, not to mention that I am more of a fan of Drew Holiday than you are. Not to say you don't like him, no, no, but I, just, actually, I think more highly of I, him. I actually do think very highly of Drew Holiday. I just think very low of trading all your assets for anyone that isn't a superstar. That's more my issue, not my issue with Drew Holiday. If it was three first, I would have been like, yeah, do it, 100%. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that Giannis did sign his extension after that trade was done. So. He did. He did. So there, there could have been a little bit of, uh, I don't know if he was waiting to, for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> hey, I would have waited for Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah. there's, there's a Kyle Lowry's butt joke there. I'm not going to make it. Um. Moving on from buyouts and Kyle Lowry's butt. On my Twitter, I said the three names that I'm most surprised weren't traded were Terrence Ross, Gorgie Jang, and surprise, Alfonso McKinney mm-hmm. of the LA Lakers, for those who don't know. Yeah, I know. Of course I picked the Laker. I wasn't surprised to see that none of the Kings guys got traded, and I was not surprised to see Lowry got traded, not traded. Both of those mm. didn't really surprise me. Like, yeah, Vivek didn't seem interested in selling, and uh, Masai didn't seem interested in selling low on Lowry. For Terrence mm-hmm. Ross, um, he's been better than Fournier like all season, I find. Oh, 100%. Like, fully. And just like as a fit on your team, he's bigger, he can defend more positions. Like, he's he, he, I, like Fournier is not like a, an elite defender, like Terrence Ross isn't mm-hmm. either, but he's bigger. Yeah, he and he's been handle. coming off the bench for a long time in his career. Like, he's been doing this. He's not – you don't have to worry about if he's going to have his mojo off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's on a cheaper contract, too. <laughs> so, if you are the Boston Celtics, you don't need to throw your trade exception at him. And, like, someone got mm-hmm. – I don't know. It very, very much shocked me. I'm surprised he wasn't the one traded for by the Celtics or just by anybody, honestly. The, mm-hmm. the next name I want to talk about is Jang. He was just a large expiring contract. I'm surprised we didn't see a Jang and Wings combo for 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 Victor Oladipo uh, or anything really. Like, yeah, it just kind of shocked me to not see that big that big an expiring contract moved. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even just to the Spurs for LaMarcus Aldridge and maybe a second, you know? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The last name I said surprised people is surprising to people, Alfonso McKinney on the LA Lakers. I really had to sit there and think, am I being a homer? I decided I wasn't. I decided I wasn't because the Lakers are pressed up against the hard cap. They 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 with the prorated minimums, they're able to sign people, they're able to sign Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. McKinney makes $1.7 million and barely plays. Yeah. I'm just shocked he wasn't dumped for nothing or dumped for someone like Matt Thomas or Terrence Davis who were both literally dumped for nothing and on slightly cheaper contracts. I'm just, mm-hmm. it, it, it all just kind of shocked me. I'm like, so maybe he's, I, I, I'm wondering, like, maybe he's a big part of the locker room now. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm interested. You know, I'd love to know. I'd love to know what was going on in, um, in the LA Lakers front office with that. But I always want to know what's going on in that front office because I think that, uh, I think that uh, they're geniuses up there. Rob Palinka, I think he's a genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alfonso McKinney, what I, what I can't say is I've seen him in the Bay. He's he's a nice nice 3 and D guy. I mean, I don't know how much I he's going to play for the play. Lakers. but <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird because he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe Rob knew that there wasn't going to be a big buyout market. And so he's like, keep Alfonso because he has experience when there's not going to be much available in the buyouts. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I'm surprised a team like the Sixers didn't just throw like a second for him or something like that. I'm I'm surprised that Terrence Davis got. I'm surprised that there was a deal that there was a possible deal with the Lakers and the and the and the Raptors for Kyle Lowry. And one sticking point wasn't Alfonso McKinney for Terrence Davis. Literally every <laughs> fake trade I mocked up to you involved that. <laughs> every single one of them because I was like three hundred thousand dollars matters. It adds up. <laughs> Get another possible rotation player in there. We know mm-hmm. McKinney isn't making the rotation. Maybe, maybe if Terrence Davis doesn't, then it's another guy that doesn't. Yeah. All right. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. We got to stuff that did happen. I want to talk about who won the deadline in terms of adding value right now. Because I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, who got the most picks? They won the trade deadline. No, no. I want to talk about who added value now because that's fun. Mm-hmm. And there are two teams that I think won the deadline, and they both wear red. Mm. I'm going to start with the Chicago Bulls, who added Nikola Vucevic, Troy Brown Jr., and Daniel Tice for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., 2021 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, Chandler Hutchinson, and Luke Cornett. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot more than it is. I'm going to put that out there. That sounds like a lot more than it is. If this was written out, you could look at it and be like, well, I don't recognize any of those names. The Bulls added the most to their team for the lowest cost, I think. They got an all-star, mm-hmm. an elite winning an elite winning center, Daniel Tice, and mm. Troy Brown Jr., who was really, really good last season. Yeah, He kind of struggled this season, but they got him for free. Mm-hmm. All they gave up was a guy who was pretty much not improved since he showed up in the <laughs> league in Wendell Carter. Otto yeah. Porter, who was not part of their long-term plans. Hutchinson, who got COVID. You sent me him. Oh, is he cut? Well, he's gone now. <laughs> he also has really struggled to improve. Mm-hmm. And now the first. The first are expensive, but again, this is why I say we have to look at deals in a bigger picture. Because mm-hmm. if it was just... If we just looked at Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, and two firsts for Vucevic, it's like, oh, that's a price tag for Vucevic. And you're like, wait, Wendell Carter hasn't really improved that much. 
Mm-hmm. And then you got two new centers that are both better than Wendell Carter. You strictly upgraded your center position, and all you had to do was give up two firsts. Um, maybe uh, hmm, maybe mm-hmm. this is fine. When you look at it in the bigger sense, two firsts get you two good centers and Troy Brown. That's great for me. That that's mm-hmm. great for me. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Vucevic edition. Obviously, uh, Zach Levine and him must have hit it off over the All-Star weekend in <laughs> Alana. And uh, he said, I had to get a deal done with somebody here to help, come help us win. He picked Vooch. And uh, I think they're going to be a great tandem. Troy Brown Jr. on that wing, too, can be a lot of what they hoped Chandler Hutchinson or Denzel Valentine was going to be for them. I think I've already can... seen my Bulls, my Bulls Twitter <laughs> tweeting out to just give all of Denzel Valentine's minutes to him. <laughs> And then Daniel Theis, like, as a rotation of big men, Nikola Vucevic and Daniel Theis is one of the best in the Eastern Conference. I haven't taken it, time to look it at it, but it might be top three. In, it might be the best in the league, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> if we're going to be honest, like, I mean, the center is – like, okay, 76ers obviously are the best. Mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets uh, – okay, how about this? In terms of average, they're one of the best in the league. Yeah. Definitely, definitely – one of the better rotations in the league period. I love mm-hmm. it. I, I mean, there are very few big man rotations. I'd take over those two, especially mm-hmm. when it comes down to the playoffs end of the game. I'm, I'm excited to know that I could opt in for Daniel Tice on defense and yeah. have Nikola Vucevic for offense through most of the game. And then at the end of the game, it's going to be the Zach Levine show. Anyways, mm-hmm. I got Daniel Tice. I'll be fine. For sure. I'm young. I'll be fine. I've got all kinds of different looks I can play. Look, a lot of, I've heard people talking. They're like, Mm -hmm. what is the goal of this? How far can they go? If they get, if they don't play, I'm going to be real. They could really beat someone. They could really beat anybody. They could really beat anybody. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, well, okay. Zach Bean is probably one of the best scoring guards in the league this season. No, literally Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, whatever stats you want. He is literally one of the best scorers in the league this season, including in the clutch. Nikola Vucevic has been an elite scorer all season. Mm-hmm. They've got a slew of different front court lineups they can pull out. It's going to fall into what are they doing with their point guard. But if they can keep it close and go to the end of the game, Zach Levine might win them a few games. If they get lucky, mm-hmm. Zach Levine might win them a series. Yeah. And speaking of point guard, a guy I don't even – Maybe we mentioned him at the buyout market, but Austin Rivers still, I think, on the waiver wire, still looking to get picked up. Maybe, like you said, there's a couple more days. There's still guys that could end up there that Chicago's looking at. And I mean, in terms of, I would say in the trade deadline, I love just teams that are trying to improve their team and aspirations through the trade deadline and make moves to go win now and compete when they feel like they have a roster that's good. And Zach Levine, he's, he's one year away from being a free agent. So to go get someone right now to compete and be able to be successful right now and hopefully go win at least one playoff series, try to go into free agency, bring somebody else to convince Zach Levine to stay. I really build something in Chicago. It's been a long time since they got the, the United Center rock. And hopefully by next year, you can have the UC pumping. Kevin Pelton had a, uh, I'm going to call it dangerous tweet. Mm. Zach Levine might make all NBA. And then he'd be eligible for the Supermax extension. Ooh. That's even all NBA third? All NBA third would get him eligible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, will he make it? 
Probably not. Uh, Dame, Kyrie, Harden, Booker, Mitchell. Um, I'm forgetting a name, aren't? Did I say Curry? Steph Curry. Did I say mm-hmm. Curry? I'm not sure if I did. Not yet. Oh, then Curry. Boom, six names. Um, mm-hmm. that's just that's just off the top of my head. Now, could he take one of their spots? Entirely possible. If is it possible that one of them misses some more time? Entirely possible. We've seen such bad injury luck this season. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that if this Bulls team goes on a little run now that they've got Vucci main, mm. they might he might make all NBA. And if he makes all NBA, he's gonna be eligible for that Supermax. That's dangerous. It's gonna be a dangerous roster they're putting together there. I know they did it did a lot of work in Chicago over the summer to to retool their front office and their coaching staff. I love to see a, an organization retooling and trying to compete in the modern NBA, growing I and learning. I love their front office. I want to put it out there. I mm-hmm. love their front office. I, I've I've loved every move they've made. I love drafting Patrick Williams. I love the cheap mm. pickups of Troy Brown Jr. and Daniel Dice, who both could start. Both yeah. could be starters if they're especially Troy Brown Jr. He could really start if he's playing well and he's mm-hmm. not that old. Like he you know, there's a chance that it's like, oh, and I just struggled and now I've got it all figured out and I'm a good small forward. Mm-hmm. Daniel Dice, he's just a good center. He could he started on Boston in the playoffs last year. Like Yeah. He's just a good piece. Like you added three starters to the trade deadline. That's great. That's great. You got that young. You got Laurie Markkinen still. I love. I love what this this team is doing. They do still need a point guard. Point guard. I like Sadoransky, but they need a point guard. Point guard. Mm-hmm. Go, uh, go, go, Chicago Bulls. The other team in red that I was talking about are uh, the Miami Heat. They brought in Victor Oladipo. Yep. And I, I had to get coached on this. So I'm really hoping I say this right. Nemanja Bielica. I believe that is correct. I might say Bielica, but yeah. Bielica? Yeah. Oh, man. Either way, Bielica, I think, is good. I, I'm going to get killed for that one. And <laughs> Trevor Ariza for Myers Leonard, Kelly Olinick, Avery Bradley, a pick swap that everyone thought was fake, but it's not. Surprise. <laughs> Mo Hardless and Chris Silva. Now, that seems like almost exclusively upgrading. <laughs> I thought the Bulls clearly won until I wrote down the hall for the Heat. They gave up one guy who, like, actually played for them in mm-hmm. Kelly Olenek. Brought in his replacement, Bielitsa. They got Jay Crowder replacement in Trevor Ariza. And a former All-NBA level player who has, at worst, a good defender and good scorer who has shown an ability to play as a third as a third scorer on a team and wants to be in Miami in Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Now he also kind of hoped they were going to get Lamarck Aldridge to be the backup big, which is bad because now they don't really have a backup big, but they're looking as playoff rhyme as ever. They've got too many good backcourt players. Literally hold mm-hmm. on, count them out, count them out with me. Drogic, Oladipo, mm-hmm. Harrow, mm-hmm. Robinson, mm-hmm. none, Igudala. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. put Butler at the two? I don't know, but your one and two position is loaded now. Gabe Vincent came off the bench, did a lot of work this year already. I actually love Gabe Vincent. Um, <laughs> they've, got, they've got a great group of wing players because most of those guys I named can also play on the wing alongside mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza and uh, Bielitsa. Uh, they've got too many. What, where, they, they've all got this surrounding the elite hybrid post that is Bam out of bio. This is just another team that is so scary for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Even if Old Depot doesn't get any better than he is right now, they are terrifying 
with this team going into the playoffs. I do not want them in the first round. They've been on a crazy losing streak. They're probably going to wind up not having home court advantage again. They're going to mm. ruin someone's playoff. They're going to ruin someone's playoffs, if not the entire East's playoffs again. Again, I said at the start of the season, I'd be 0% surprised to see the Miami Heat in the playoffs, in the finals. I'm saying it again. I would be 0% surprised to see them in the finals. Yeah, I mean, the Miami Heat right now, I just checked, and and so I don't necessarily know if NBA.com is updated, but they are either a game back of the four seed or tied for the four seed right now because they just beat the Knicks today in another Eastern Conference game where both teams finished under 100 points, which has become like pretty routine, which is kind of weird nowadays. For if you look at the West, the city's been up 130. But yeah, I mean, the Miami Heat bringing in Victor Oladipo. It's just crazy I, that they're a half game out of the four seed or two games, whatever it is, out of the four seed. And they're, they were on a six-game losing streak going into tonight. Mm-hmm. The East is yeah, wild, no. man. The East is wild. Victor Oladipo, I'm a huge fan. I think he's he's been treated a little bit differently ever since injury. A lot of teams aren't sure about him, don't know what to think of him, and haven't necessarily given him the time and space to really – come back to the floor and try to be an elite NBA player again, which I think in Miami, he's going to get a good shot. I mean, his relationship with Jimmy Butler is probably pretty good. I know they've played team USA together before. I don't know if Baum was on that team, but I know that they've been in those kinds of environments together. It's a kind of culture that Victor Oladipo seems like he'd fit in really well with just hardworking, grinded out defense oriented teams. And, and everyone's been talking all this about Victor Oladipo's shooting percentages are so low and why would you want such an inefficient score? It's like it's hard to be a good scorer on a team that loses twenty straight games. Mm. Um, uh, like, like, oh I don't God. know if you've ever played on a losing team. That's, that's but your numbers crazy, tend to go down. Like the craziest thing I've been watching. Like in Indiana, he was playing well as like a third banana. It, he goes to Houston, and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna be the first banana, but you're gonna be missing every few games." And like so is everyone else. And there's gonna be like a few games where there's just no one on the floor that belongs in the NBA. And Justin Patton, who hasn't played a game in the NBA in the NBA in the four years he's been a part of the NBA, he's gonna start for a few games. Figure and it we're out. We're just dude. gonna chuck threes. That's gonna be our philosophy. Oh wait, your percentages are bad. Like, come on. Come <laughs> on. Although I want to talk about this old depot thing. I really want to talk about this old depot thing. For one, the pick swap was a real pick swap. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's like, <laughs> if you don't realize what the pick swap is, they, they're offered a 2022 first first round pick swap. It's not with the Houston Rockets pick. It's with the Brooklyn Nets pick they own. Mm-hmm. The Brooklyn Nets pick that will most likely be between 25 and 30 versus the Miami Heat pick that will mostly likely be between 14 and 25. Mm-hmm. That's a significant upgrade. There's a chance that that's a top 20 pick in 2022, especially depending on Jimmy Butler, who everyone thinks is just going to start sucking in a few years, and I don't know why. And I really hope he doesn't because I love Jimmy Butler so much. And I think at his very worst, he's just going to be a great guy to have on your rotation and in your locker room. So I yeah, I would not count on that. All that's mm-hmm. to say is I would count on them not being a top five seed in the NBA since they seem to not be a regular season team, mm. which is fine if you get it done in the playoffs, which they did. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's a real pick swap. That could be upwards of 10, 10 slots moved up. That's a good pick swap. Okay. I don't care what you're saying about like whatever that's a first round pick you know mm-hmm. that's a first I mean, round pick first round pick that you could package with your own first round pick to move up in the draft if you like 
Yeah, and so many young guys that the Rockets have playing too where teams could be interested in just like, hey, let me – I'll go down four spots to take a flyer on this kid who's already under contract. Like, what might yeah. as well. I liked what he did against us when he, he gave me 20 and 20. Like, <laughs> there's, there's – it, was it wasn't a horrible trade. Now, could mm-hmm. you say would I rather have Karis LeVert? Yes, you can totally <laughs> say that. But let's start with this – stop with this Monday morning quarterbacking that's going on. Okay. <laughs> This is some Monday morning quarterback that's happening around here. People are really on Raphael Stone for not keeping Levert and instead training for Victor Oladipo. I'm going to say this. If you're going to get on Stone for anything, Mm -hmm. get on him for not getting Ben Simmons. Okay? No. Uh, If you're going to be like, oh, he should have kept Karis Levert. No, he should have taken Ben Simmons. Okay? If you're going to argue over he shouldn't have done the move that he did, and you're only going to half-step it and say he should have kept Karis LeVert. Like, stop. It's not that big a difference. <laughs> it's not that big a difference. Karis LeVert would not have fetched that much bigger a price, especially considering mm-hmm. he hasn't played. Yeah, by the way, just got back to the floor recently. Happy to see you, Karis, but Very it, it's been a few Karis. months. Like, yeah. <laughs> Super scary injury. Very happy he's fine. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> same, same thing for, oh, he should have kept Jared Allen. They don't want to pay $50 million to two guys that do their best work at the five in Christian Wood and, mm-hmm. and Jared Allen. Like, n- no. Yeah. what? No. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop with the Monday morning quarterbacking, okay? Um, teams are ready to offer $25 million to Jared Allen. You don't want to be paying John Wall, Jared Allen, and Christian Wood when you're supposed to be tanking. Mm-hmm. Like Christian went on a bargain. You're going to take some losses with him. Then you're going to give him the max when you got your rookies and it's going to all work out. I hope, I hope I love Christian Wood Hopefully. so much. Yeah. But there was a clear plan with Victor Oladipo when, mm-hmm. when they opted for Oladipo instead of Karis Levert, when they opted for Oladipo instead of Ben Simmons, there was a calculated risk. Mm. They got a mess ton of first round picks and they traded for a former all NBA player. Mm-hmm. who they'd hope okay he'll come in he'll get to be the man he'll have christian wood next to him who will help get buck easy buckets do some scoring spread the floor be an elite pick and roll partner for him he'll have mm-hmm. john wall to help set him up sometimes so he doesn't need to be doing everything on offense he'll have some good three and d players that we still have left over from james harden mm-hmm. he should have a great environment to thrive in we'll still lose games we'll send him a bunch hopefully we stay competitive but we're still picking up some good losses to trend to get a good draft pick. He'll build up his trade value by showing his back to him old self. And then we'll sell everyone at the trade deadline and we'll bottom out and we'll have one of the worst records in the league and we'll keep our pit pick. Mm-hmm. That was totally realistic until the entire roster got hurt every single night for like a week straight. <laughs> until even once they were all getting hurt, when they had Christian Wood, that was a possibility. Once mm-hmm. Christian Wood went down, it kind of threw everything out, out of whack. And I bet yeah. Karis LeVert would have looked horrible too. Mm-hmm. So stop. <laughs> no one would have looked good in that situation. Yeah. It was a calculated risk. You can say, look, it was a dumb risk. It was a dumb gamble. But that's Monday morning quarterbacking. Mm. I mean, it clearly did not pan out. Amazing. But they, they didn't get nothing for him. Mm-hmm. They, they got to move up. It, I mean, maybe you know we won't see exactly how many spots it is until 2022. But... In theory, that should be a good amount of spots moved up. Mm. Or at least at least they're covering their butt so that they're not having a 
to, to probably not have a pick above 25. It's very unlikely that both the Heat and Brooklyn Nets finish with top five records in the entire league. Yeah. So you're probably it's... looking at a pick 22 now instead of having to worry about getting pick 28. Maybe pick 24 or 25. How about we call it 25? Whatever. It's a move up. They're comfortable. They're somewhere where they're more comfortable getting a better pick. That is not nothing. That is not nothing. Yeah. Now, if they were actually winning, if they were still fighting for the playing spot like they were right after the trade, maybe someone talks themselves into giving up a full first for Victor Oladipo. Maybe Victor Oladipo plays like all NBA at Victor Oladipo and fetches like three firsts. Who mm-hmm. knows? We don't because that didn't happen. We're about to see how good he's going to be on on Miami, and that'll be great. But for now, it was a risk. Risks don't always pay off. It's good that Tillman Fertito backs up his man. You know, mm-hmm. we like seeing that. I'm I'm not I'm not tolerating Monday morning quarterbacking on me like this. Yeah, I, and speaking of Miami, I did want to mention Bielitsa was a big was a pickup for them that I really did like as well. A replacement for Kelly Olynyk, obviously another big white guy to come out there and space the floor <laughs> for them. <laughs> No, but I mean, he's a good shooter. He's had a down year this year in uh, Sacramento where they've had a lot of guys that kind of play his position or have him at the role that they don't need him to. So he's a good pickup for the Heat. And I think they're a team that, again, like the Bulls, I think Miami really looks a lot more playoff ready now. And they're a lot more scary of a team than the team that makes additions to put themselves from a in a spot to really be contenders and where in the playoffs I'm going to look at this team and be like, damn. They got a lot of lineups that they could throw at me where I really don't like my chances. Like that's, yeah. that's what this Miami Heat roster looks like right now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Eastern Conference teams are going to be really scared about like Miami finishes five. Whoever's in that one seat is going to have a hell of a second round. Like <laughs> yeah. now, now, Chaz, I, I believe you actually had a different winner for the trade deadline than I did. But I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I just mm-hmm. don't think that they were the winner. I don't think they made out better than either of the two teams I, I named. So how about you take it away? Who who do you think won this trade deadline? Okay, I mean, because I do... Oh, think wait, can trade... I just say... Wait, can I just say? Mm-hmm. For this season, they also wear red because Nike hates us. <laughs> this season, they wear a lot of different colors because oh Nike enjoys selling jerseys. Um, but no, I mean, like I've been saying, the trade deadline, I view it as, as a team for, for contending teams to really go make a push to fill holes on their roster and get themselves playoff ready. And I think a team that did that the most in the most competitive conference is the Denver Nuggets. I think they went out, they gave up Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and the 2025 top five protected pick to go get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark from the Orlando Magic. And I think Aaron Gordon's going to be a massive pickup for them. If you think about what Jeremy Grant was bringing for them last year off the bench, and then the fact that Aaron Gordon does all that and more, I could start for them and lets them have Paul Millsap off the bench. And Gary Clark himself, he brings a lot of switchability. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he's the biggest factor in the trade and that he's going to put Denver Nuggets over the top for me in the Western Conference, but it's just another look. I like Gary. Clark. I like Gary Clark though. I hope he can refine his uh, his step. A lot of those mm-hmm. Spurs guys went to the Magic and struggled. Um... Yeah, and it's just another look. I think mm-hmm. I really I do enjoy the fact that Aaron Gordon is going to have a chance to to step away from Orlando, where sometimes he would be tasked with 
being like the, the number one option, go take care of it. You're running the team as our point guard, as our power forward, as we're going to run everything through you. And then sometimes he's out there with like Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Vucevic, and they're Markel Fultz. And you're like, okay, hey, buddy, you're going to be the fifth option and you're just going to stand in the corner. And that for Aaron Gordon, I think going to Denver, it's, it's not going to be a secret what he has to do. You're going to be an option that's like third or fourth on most lineups. But you know what? If you cut hard, my dude, Nik- Nikola Jokic will throw that ball everywhere you want to go grab it. And you can throw as many Mr. 50 dunks up as you want. You can catch all your highlight reels, all your back cuts. And he's going to have a chance to really, I think, exploit a lot of that. What he isn't necessarily able to do in Orlando because they just don't have a, a fluid offense or a guy who could pass like Nikola Jokic can. I really, I'm going to be real. I really love the fit of Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Nicole, Nikola Jokic, and mm. Jamal Murray. I really love that fit. I think that's yeah. a great four out of your five starters. I have no idea who they should, what they should be doing with that starting shooting guard spot. Oh my goodness! Will Barton, baby, will the no, thrill? No, really, <laughs> thrilly. I'm sorry. Look, weird analogy time. Weird analogy time. You ready? I, I kind of, okay, I stole the idea from Bill Simmons. I did not steal this from Bill Simmons. So do not come for me because I do this mm-hmm. analogy better than Bill Simmons does it. And that's not disrespect to Bill Simmons. I love Bill Simmons, but I'm doing it different. And I think my way is better because of course I do, because otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that they spent 110 cents to get a dollar. 110, but the 110 cents was all in dimes. So they were annoying to hold. So it's like, oh, we lost 10 cents, but it's all consolidated now. And I don't have to worry about like accidentally dropping 20 cents and then having like less than a dollar. Mm. Basically, I think Harris, RJ Hampton in the first are more valuable altogether than Aaron Gordon. But Aaron Gordon's more valuable than like any two of the three. He's almost as valuable as all three of them. I think they overpaid a little bit. Gary Clark. I'm just surprised they didn't have Will Barton in the deal instead. That was mm. really weird to me. Like, this would have been my favorite deal if it was Will Barton instead of Gary Harris. I would have been like, oh, not love it. Take it away. Awesome. Or even if it mm-hmm. just, like, included Barton and a second for Terrence Ross. Mm-hmm. I just think that would have been an absolute win. I just don't like the idea of Barton and Murray starting together in the playoffs. It just doesn't feel right to me. I, I, I don't know. I think that they needed a good point of attack defender next to Jamal Murray for the playoffs. I think that that's how they, that's how they came back from three, one against Utah. I think losing that is kind of really dangerous with how important Gary Harris was to last year's playoffs, just to trade him for a replacement for Jeremy Grant, who they had last year. (laughs) Here's the thing with, with Aaron Gordon. And I think with Uh, Barton as well, I just gotta say, I'm not dishing on Aaron Gordon, by the way, I do think that it was a great deal and they should do it. I just think that they needed that they that they created another hole and that they needed to find a way to plug it. I mean, the thing I believe in Will Barton personally as a defender to go go after any guard at least for a little while. And I think Aaron Gordon, one of the things is I did say Jeremy Grant replacement, but he does a lot more than I what I think Jeremy Grant was doing for them last year on the floor. And, and you mentioned Porter and Gordon and Jokic as a trio, like. And Murray, I honestly, you can run another big out there. Like Aaron Gordon runs point guard for the Orlando Magic sometimes. I'll put him at the two with Jamal Murray and Porter Jr. And then put Jamichael Green out there to keep spreading the floor. Put Paul Millsap out there. Like there's a lot of options and a lot of looks for this Nuggets team with a lot of size on the floor now, I think, that are are still very interesting. 
And and what puts it over the top for me for Denver is is the reason that they won this trade deadline. They they brought in the greatest reunion this NBA season, the two-time Shaqed and a full champion, the three-time NBA champion, JaVale McGee returns to the Mile High City to bring a chip to the team that he cut into 2012. And, and I was looking at some of JaVale McGee's rosters. I want to just take take people back down memory lane. The 2012 Nuggets roster, I'm just going to list you off all the bigs that are on this roster because there's a lot it, of them. This was the year immediately after the um, the Dwight Howard trade, right? The Mello trade, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Mello trade. The Mello, with the Mello trade or the Howard trade? On the Nug- uh, For the Denver Nuggets? Yeah. Wait, what year are you doing... 2012. 2012. Okay, right after the Dwight yeah, trade. Oh, Dwight I loved Howard, that yeah, roster. Yeah. I loved that roster. So, so we got our big man, Nene Hilario, Al Harrington, Kenneth the Manimal Farid, Costa Kufos. Now you might be saying, all these guys seem to play relatively the same position. How many more can there be? Well, Timothy Moskov, Timothy Moskov on this roster. Chris Birdman Anderson also on this roster. And JaVale McGee on this roster. Best Nuggets team ever. That was the year <laughs> that was the year where they had no, it was the year after where they what's was it that year or the year after where they had some ridiculous like home winning winning record? Like there were point seven point seven five at home and like point three on the road. I think it might have been the year after with Ty Lawson just going crazy. Yeah, that was a great team. All right, yeah. I want to move on to the losers of the deadline because we're starting to get close to that time. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are the losers of the deadline. And I don't say that with bias. I say it with fact. They mm-hmm. added Evan Fournier, who, what, what what was he tonight? Negative 23, you said? Something horrible? When I checked, he was 0 for 9, shooting negative 23 in a game where they lost by 6 to the Pelicans. They added Evan Fournier. <laughs> <laughs> they added Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett. And I like Luke Cornett. Not that much. Oh, oh, he finished 0 for 10. Sorry. 0 for 10. They lost Daniel Tice, Javante Green, Jeff Teague, two seconds, and their coveted MVP candidate, their traded player exception. Mm. That is bad. (laughs) I don't want to say that they got worse, but, like, are we... Are we sure that they got better? <sighs> How good does Fournier need to be for mm-hmm. them to be better after this trade? When they they, they lost Daniel Thice, who was a guy who closed games for them, it's definitely their best pick. Added Evan Fournier, who I don't think they can really close games with unless you're putting him in over Smart or Kemba, or yeah. running some really interesting small ball. I, mean, I, 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 I get there's a lot of hype and belief in Rob Time Lord Williams right now. Shout out to uh, Jonathan Charks, friend of the program, big Time Lord guy. Mm. But let's be real. There's a reason why no one called for him at the deadline. There's a reason why. There's a reason why we he hasn't been traded. There's a reason why he hasn't been consolidated for a better big. There's a mm-hmm. reason why he doesn't finish games on his own team. There's a reason. Why he's always had such a wishy-washy, wishy-washy, inconsistent role. He's struggling. He's struggling. Young player in this league. 23 or something. That basketball IQ is not at that elite level yet. I, I, 
he, he's still got developing to do. He's not an NBA starting like ready big. He can't play 36 minutes a game, and he's not. And when he does, he's not just gonna start having more blocks per game than Rudy Gobert. Stop. <laughs> he's not gonna have more rebounds than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Stop. It. That's per 36 isn't. A, <sighs> don't <laughs> list off. A, don't list off per 36 numbers to me and act like they're super impressive mm. when you're comparing them to starters. List up the guys with similar minutes per game. Okay, stop with these nutty comparisons. I cannot stand them. Mm. And if you're listing per 36 numbers, list them loud and proud as per 36 numbers. I read a whole stat without realizing that the numbers were per 36. I was so frustrated afterwards. So disappointing. I blocked the page. I blocked the page. I blocked the page on Instagram. That's how angry I was. I was like, wow, I'm not listening to these guys ever again. And I blocked them. I hope they don't have anything quality on their page because, uh, Guess what? They're blocked by me, and I don't believe that they could post anything quality after that. They, they tainted themselves with that. That's how bad it was. Uh. Okay, rant over. I don't get how or why they didn't trade Tristan Thompson instead of Daniel Tice. <laughs> no, I'm not starting another rant. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to give up. Okay, if you traded Tristan Thompson, you don't need to give up Teague either. Thompson's yeah. salary is bigger than Teague plus, plus Tice. <laughs> Maybe it takes an extra asset to to trade Thompson. Mm. And and look, I, I'm not I'm not gonna dish on the Celtics front office for not wanting to pay the the luxury tax. They're about to have to pay it because of the extensions that they signed Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to. So I understand mm-hmm. trying to duck out early so that they don't get caught in the repeater. I totally get that. But here's the thing. You cannot be stingy with draft picks when you're being stingy with money. Mm. You cannot be stingy with draft picks when you're being stingy with money. If you're like, okay, we really have to make sure that we stay below the cap, that we stay below the heart, the, the luxury tax. You can't sacrifice good roster pieces because you don't want to include two more second round picks. Mm. You can't. You can't. You have two seconds in this draft. I'm pretty sure they sent one for Evan Fournier and one is like a 2024. Send your other one. Yeah. Or better yet, better yet, just make the deal for your first this year and send out Tristan Thompson. Like there's... I, I don't think anybody else but the Orlando Magic are going to take Tristan Thompson at this point, to be honest, the way he's been playing this year with the contract that he got signed to. Like, There's another year on that deal, that $9, $10 million. It's... <laughs> I'm just saying though, like pay the mm-hmm. price to move the contract. Don't mm-hmm. don't give up a good player who your coach closes games with. Yeah, because you need to save money. Mm. No, give, I think this pay a little bit extra in draft picks. That's totally fine. I because I get it. I get trying to avoid the repeater tax. It is so expensive. It really hurts owners, and that's what the job of it is. So you have to duck during the year. Yeah, you duck during the year where you're not gonna be a top four seed. I get it. Don't mm-hmm. give up Tice like that. Yeah, I think Daniel Tice is a very important piece for them. And I really struggle to not make fun of other analysts who have horrible takes or are lied to by fake sources, and Chaz knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. I've only heard one guy talk about Drummond to the Celtics. No one else really did. Drummond was rumored to the Lakers ever since Jared Allen showed up in Cleveland, and then he signed with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a little noise. I, I don't disbelieve that, but like... Okay, no, I'm, I'm getting distracted right here. I mentioned Drummond to say that if the Celtics actually had the inside scoop on a buyout guy, 
if they were actually going to go get Drummond or Gorgie Jang for the matter, who we talked about earlier, how good a fit he would have been. He'd be he'd be closing games for them. He'd be a great fit next to the Jays. He could go in or outside. Not doing this mm-hmm. again. If they had either of them, that'd be cool with me. I, I would have been one hundred ten percent on board that the Celtics had a great trade deadline. Honestly, I, I had to stop myself at three fifteen after all the rumors stopped and everything came to a halt. I had to stop myself from laughing at the Celtics because I laughed at them the moment the Evan Fournier trade went through. I actually meant to send a video to you, Chaz. I'm really sorry about it that I didn't. I literally started laughing that that was what the trade exception amounted to. If you just... I had to stop myself from laughing after the trade because I said, oh, wait, there's going to be buyout guys. Mm-hmm. going to be buyout guys. Maybe they have the inside scoop on a buyout guy and that would make their team really good. It... it it's clear that they did not have the inside scoop on a buyout guy. They lost their TBE that could have been Nick Batum, who'd be a good closer for them, honestly. Turned it into Evan Fournier, who, um, I mean, he's better than Nick Batum, but he's not a better fit than Nick Batum for this roster. <laughs> they lost Daniel Tice because they were worried about... They lost Daniel Tice, and, like... I Don't get me started. You lost Daniel Tice. Hmm. Oh, yeah. that, he was your closing center. To bring in Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner. It sounds like the Celtics, like, it, it, I feel like the Celtics have to be going after a game-changing buyout guy. Or just some, they, and they didn't. They've got, there's still another day, there's still another two days for someone to get bought out and go over. But this looks really bad right now. I'm putting that out there. This looks really bad right now. Yeah, I mean, this this stinks of first-round exits, play-in, tournament disappointment. This is a, a bad look for the Celtics overall, for sure. Evan Fournier, I mean, he's having a good season, but it's really just I, – I guess he can fill some of what Gordon Hayward did in his ability to create shots and create space for others, but it's it's really just – it's just not – the, the solution to a team like that wasn't your most glaring issue was the fact that Gordon Hayward wasn't on your team anymore. That wasn't what the Celtics needed to most address if they wanted to make a deep playoff run and trading your only good defensive center for nothing. And only consistently it. good defensive center. How about that? I don't want to disrespect Robert Williams too much. You know, the Celtics That's fans fair. are going to come eat us alive if we do that. That's fair. And I mean, Grant Williams did start at the power forward for them today. So. He had a crazy block on Zion that still went into the net. Yeah. <laughs> that boy's a cheat. That boy Zion's a cheat code. I'm I'm I am over my uh my my Zion. I never had Zion hate, by the way. I want to go back and say that he is awesome to watch, but I still mm-hmm. think that they're gonna have to do something fancy to get him to be a winning player. But his defense has improved, and I love that. We're getting off topic. <laughs> We're getting off topic. We actually are running out of time, so I want to do the. I want to talk about the Raptors, last team. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, we could talk about the Orlando Magic, but what is there to say? We're gonna, I mean, they they traded everybody and they got a bunch of picks. We're not going to slow down. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I I like it. I'm excited to see it. When your two best players get injured, you should always do that. Always. Yeah. If your two best players are out for the season, quick tank. Just they have so many good young players on roster now. I, I really do like what they have going on. I, like. I love the idea. Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony is a sick, possibly sick backcourt back court group. I, I love it. I mean, poor Karim. He's not. In, he's not going to be part of that. For played him. last night though. Did he? Yeah, I watched oh, him last night. Yeah. Good to see. I hope. I hope he can find his way in. I think he's good enough that he should. 
but that 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 is bad for his future that they just picked up two more yeah. guards. Maybe Gary Harris isn't part of their future. We'll see. Toronto Raptors. Yeah, we haven't acknowledged them. They're the elephant in the room. They made one deal and didn't make one deal that I think both need to be talked about it. The mm-hmm. Raptors sent Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent and Ronnie Hood. I still don't get why Portland did this deal. All yeah. honesty, I I mean, I I just don't get it. <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't get it. it I'm with you. It, it's gonna like like Powell is the same size as Gary Trent. Powell's a little bit shorter, but he's got longer arms. They're the same size. Mm-hmm. If you're hoping to get Powell to start at small forward, why not just have Gary Trent start at small forward? I I'm I I I mean, why I, not just? <laughs> Why not just have Ronnie Hood start at small forward? I mean, like, you're about to pay. I I don't know. I, I don't know. But I do think that he could fit really well next to Damon CJ. He fit really well next to Van Vliet and Lowry, but they were both, like, super elite defenders. And let's be polite, and we'll say Damon CJ are the antithesis to that. <laughs> I, I It's going to be interesting to see how Powell fits. It's going to be interesting to see if he's a big difference maker. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, Maybe they play him at the two and at the end of close games. I don't know. I'm not going to start getting on that. They they, they would never do that. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I think it's weird for Portland too. Obviously I've told you before, I don't really see the fit either. And I think Powell is a guy who's going into free agency with a player option at like 11 million. Then he's definitely going to decline. Like 100% declining. It's, I don't know. He could get I mean, injured right now and miss the rest of the season. He'd decline it and at least make. Yeah, he'd make million. 360. Yeah, easily. And, and I mean, you're going to say it. I'll say it too. I, I don't understand how Masai pulled this off. Like, I yeah. Just how, it just, sometimes just does this thing to people. And I've heard it been said before where Masai sometimes just like convinces GMs to just give them pieces that they didn't even know the deal that they just gave up. Like, mm-hmm. and then here, here we go. Because. Rodney this Hood is an and Gary ex- Trent. And I mean, Rodney is- Hood as I mean, maybe he'll do a reclamation project. I, I like Rodney Hood. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gary Trent, like, I, I that dude is insane. Like, did we watch <laughs> the same bubble? Did we watch the same bubble where that dude was locking everybody up and giving everybody buckets? Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Did yeah. we watch the same games where that guy could guard almost anybody on the other team and he can actually do an all right job of guarding LeBron James? Yeah. And you think about his his fit with like Freddie and Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi as a quadruple for the future with like Chris Boucher at the five or small ball and you put another guard or wing out there. Maybe they get Scotty Barnes. Please give them Scotty Barnes. I would love that. That would be so awesome. I love Scotty Barnes, by the way. Uh, Very sad to see FSU lose, but I Hmm. sky is the limit for that kid. I don't know why people are so low on him. Yeah. But this like – I love it. The idea of Gary Trent's an RFA. He might get paid, but like, he's an RFA. He's gonna stay. Damn. That's big. <laughs> like, I, like, also, funny, funny. Him and his father both in their third season playing for the Portland. They were playing for the Portland Trailblazers at the start of the season. Forty-one mm-hmm. games into the season, both of them were traded to the Toronto Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. and Senior. I think that's hilarious. I love it. Very funny. It was worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the trade they didn't do. Yeah. They didn't trade Kyle Lowry, who was crying. He got a call from Drake in the middle of his press conference. He said he'd retire a Raptor. He was flashing peace signs to the cameras and all that. It was just so sad. And everyone was – then he just didn't get traded. Just all this that he just didn't get traded. 
Still in Tampa. So <laughs> weird. The Heat, the Sixers, and the Lakers were all trying to get in. Now, the Heat, they op- they opted for Oladipo in the end because like mm-hmm. moving down 10 spots is not as valuable as moving up 10 spots, which we, yeah. could, we could talk about. Draft. We could do a whole episode on draft picks at some point. For the Heat, moving down eight spots to get a guy who might be in their rotation versus Avery Bradley, who was not in their rotation, and Olenek, mm-hmm. who they already replaced with, but with a Bealicia. Thank you. <laughs> I got tongue twisted on that one. The Sixers, um, what's it? The they also the Heat also didn't want to give up Harrow at that point. Sixers, mm-hmm. they were they were told to give up Green, Maxi, Thibel, and a pick, if I remember. They the 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 Raptors were adamant for Green, Maxi, and Thibel. Green needed to be involved for the money. It wasn't about mm-hmm. getting Danny Green. Yeah, Daryl Morey like, couldn't hang up the phone fast enough. I, he was on for a long time. <laughs> the Lakers didn't want to trade their starting backcourt, which I totally get because there's no practices this season. Mm-hmm. So to completely switch out, like it just it's an issue of the short season. There's no practice this. No, I don't think any teams have any practices booked this this uh, this year. So trading out your entire starting backcourt for one guy is terrifying. Yeah. I still think the 76ers should have done it. But I get why everyone – I get why every team didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Except for the Sixers. I can't start that. Nope. I don't – I think the Sixers should have done it. I just sort of feel like if you can add a guy like Lowry to your core and it doesn't cost you, like, anything mm-hmm. big in the short run, you do it. Especially if the alternative is not adding a guy like Lowry. If you're the 76ers and you're adding Lowry to that, to, you're switching green Maxi Thibel for Lowry. Lowry could just eat all their minutes. Like, I'm pretty sure Maxi isn't playing that much anymore. He isn't. He isn't. Thibel, I mean, he gets minutes. Green gets minutes. Mm-hmm. You could just go get another three. You could you could call up Otto Porter's agent and say, "Hey, go demand a buyout." Like we'll get him. There's there's a lot of options. There's a lot of stuff that's available. There's there's stuff you could do to make up those last few minutes at the small forward position for Danny Green, and then mm-hmm. you get a guy like Lowry who's just a straight up winner. You could even just play play um George Hill up and have Ben Ben Simmons cover whoever the small forward would be because he can guard anybody on the planet. Yep. I, Not I me think, though. <laughs> I, I think that the 76 has made a mistake. And if they have an early playoff exit, you'll hear about it. I mean, For the heat. I actually don't hate it because they got Oladipo who is a top tier talent and they probably can get a, an inside track on resigning him, re-signing him. See mm-hmm. and seeing how he fits on that roster, I I, I mm-hmm. loved that move. I thought it was just great. I can't dish on them for not being involved in Kyle Lowry when it would cost you Tyler Harrow versus getting Oladipo and it costing you just a few drafts draft slots. When whoever you draft in 2022, hopefully won't be a big player. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're hoping that 2022 draft pick is like 26, 20 mm-hmm. or like 22 at highest. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and now we're picking 28, like six spots down. Yeah. Same quality of player is what I'm getting at. You're hoping that it's not a big contributor. You're hoping you're not picking 12. For sure. Lakers, I said it, like, they've got their – you can't gut your current team when there's no practices. 
in the middle of a time where you have neither of your star players and you need everyone to stay on deck so you can still make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for, for the Sixers, I definitely was hoping they go after Kyle Lowry, obviously the Philadelphia reunion. That would have that would have given them the yeah. the trade deadline chip for me. But I, as soon as they got George Hill, I said, you know what? They, they've done enough. It doesn't matter. They're not obviously they felt felt the price for Lowry was too much. And and I agree, just because of the contract, like having to throw in Danny Green plus the two youngsters is just a little too much for me. Like if, if it wasn't minutes that Danny Green was providing, like if Mike Scott had a bad contract and you could throw in just one of them and a pick, then we could have talked about it. But Masai was smart. He wanted to do everything. I'm sure you heard the rumors that maybe Masai and Kyle were together on this, just trying to ramp up the trade value, get Toronto as much as possible, and he was just going to re-sign in the offseason. <laughs> There's uh, no way. I, I heard I heard rumors of, of guys, you know what I'm saying, they, they thought he was going to be able to come back and just hopefully they can get a couple firsts for me so I can come back to a retooled championship team. But Hey, that, I, that would both be the most Kyle Lowry <laughs> thing I've ever. That would be like so impossible, but still the most Kyle Lowry thing I've ever heard. Because you he want to go on record as saying you and I value those young guys way differently. Mm-hmm. Just for a championship team like the Sixers, I, I'm I'm really shocked that we didn't see Maxi or Thibault get traded, whether it be for James Harden, or for Kyle Lowry, or for anybody. I just thought mm-hmm. it was kind. Of, I, I'm not. I'm clearly not as high on them as you are just because I do believe when you got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who are both young, mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going to find a role for guys like Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel, unless this goes to trash. You're building my, role players there. You know what I mean? I'm you're building not, my future starting backcourt. <laughs> you're building role players. They're not going to have a chance to be starting, starting backcourt level players unless they have some serious breakout out of nowhere. I'd rather opt for, I wouldn't opt for like an average role player, but if I'm getting Kyle Lowry, a superstar, like an, one of the best point guards in the league, mm-hmm. I had to drop the, the name a little bit there, a superstar, uh, one of the best point guards in the league, I think you do that every time. I mean, I, it, it just, I don't know. For for me, it's just because he is it. a free agent this year, the expiring, it. and you have to go against that Nets team anyway. Like, I, I, I get He I helps get them it. for I the Nets, it. but like, I get it. I get it. And like, he would have mm-hmm. signed an extension right away from what I heard. I don't know. I get it. I just think they should have. But end of the day, that's almost Monday morning quarterbacking. And I just hated on everyone for doing that at the start of this episode. So, of course, I'm a hypocrite too. You know, it's different when it's me because I'm the smart guy with the podcast. Da, 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 da. I, I, yeah, like I promise, I don't actually think like that. Please don't hate me. I think this is the night, man. It's mm-hmm. it's 11 p.m. I am going to catch the end of this Elite Eight matchup that I am so excited for. Just at halftime. Oh, great! We got plenty we of time. Ended, of course, we ended just in time for halftime, but <laughs> I don't want this episode to go on forever. Chaz. Always a pleasure pleasure to our listeners. Thank you so much. Please keep liking, subscribing, and rating and reviewing all that. It really mm-hmm. helps us out a lot. And until next time, this has been Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. 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 Baby.